Welcome to Cinespection. Two guys, two opinions, talking about movies, TV, and more. another week of Cinespection. I'm John. I'm Gabe. Let's get started with our first story. We waited a year and a half for new MCU content. The last thing that we got was Spider-Man. And we finally got something in WandaVision this past week on Disney+. Plus. We're going to talk about our general impressions, and then we are going to dig into some spoilers. Spoiler-free section coming at you right now. Gabe, what did you think about this this new show and the two episodes that they released to us and, and just your your general impressions on it? I thought it was great. Uh, I I love the, the tone. I love that it's uh, something completely new that we haven't seen before. I love that it's an homage to something that's kind of been forgotten. I think sitcoms yeah. are just not as strong as they used to be and especially not the manner portrayed in um in, in, in the show, I, I think I think it was a genius idea, and the, the execution is just as good. Well, did you see, I don't know if you read about this, but um, they actually consulted Dick Van Dyke, and he, he didn't realize that the MCU was this big of a thing. I mean, granted, the guy is in his 90s, um, but they actually consulted him to like, get certain parts right on the show and everything, which is kind of hilarious. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I mean, he's the, he's the man, right? Like, yeah. He's good. So, I mean, I'd love to, hopefully they got him for a cameo or something. I'd love to see that. You know, I actually, I've really liked it. I've heard mixed reviews. Some people don't get it. It's different. You know, I haven't seen, we've never seen anything come out of the MCU like this. You know, the the closest thing would be we saw a little bit of a change with Thor Ragnarok and the campiness and allowing that to really kind of show, you know, shine through a little bit. But I really dig it. I think it's cool. It's, it's, the way that I think they've set it up is really good where I don't know if you notice this and we're not really going to spoil anything, but like each week is a little bit of a different episode, but it's not monster of the week. Right. I, I do like that a lot. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, it seems and this is speculation on spoilers because we, we don't know, but it seems like it's going to be evolving through like the ages of comedy uh, on TV. You know, it, 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 I saw in the trailer something that kind of looked like a uh, modern family thing you know yeah. or the office thing and 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 it might go through friends and you know whatever like just Seinfeld just going through comedy the first episode and the the only part of the episode that really references any of this are the intros right but the first episode of course in the intro references Dick Van the second episode references Bewitched so right, like exactly. they're they are going through like they hit the 1950s now they're going through the 60s i'm assuming that we'll see you know later generations of of television as well i'd love to see like a like a full house kind of episode you know yeah. with the kids and like you know sweet like music a 90s episode. And, yeah, yeah 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 i'd love to see that i hope i hope they go there i mean i hope i i think I mean, and to your point of, you know, people are not liking it. It's just, this is not about, you know, the world ending and superheroes having to stop it. This is not about uh, a megalomaniac, you know, or, or larger than life monster. That we I know mean, to so me, far, right? 
I mean, yeah. I mean, but if if it comes out, it'll be just in the end, right? I mean, yeah. it just it's not it's not it's not the Mandalorian. It's 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 exactly the opposite of the Mandalorian, I think, in the sense that Mandalorian has like a star like a mini half an hour Star Wars movie every week. You know? Yeah, it's it's not monster of the week at all. Right, exactly. It's, it's the opposite of that, and I think that's that's why it works so well for me because I think I mean what I tweeted is that you know doing this is when it's was going to keep the 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 genre alive for years to come. Yeah, and I, I saw I think, your yeah, yeah. I saw your tweet on that, and I completely agreed with that. Like, just it honestly to reference an older '90s show, in a way to me is like the Twin Peak type thing where they they find a thread and they just keep pulling on it. And we'll get we'll get to that in a minute, but it definitely has that eeriness of you know something's going on, and each week they pull the thread a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And I love that. I love that so much more than Monster of the Week, and that's why I think that this is how they can really keep the MCU going. Yeah, for sure. And I think something I really enjoyed is I don't I don't know if, you know if this you got the same impression, but it just feels like Elizabeth Olsen's having so much fun in this thing. Oh, like yeah. she's just like she has a massive smile, and I, I don't know if she's thinking about her sisters, you know, who got famous. That the Olsen twins got famous on TV in a show like this one, you know. I don't know if that's what she's she's feeling, but it just feels like she's having a lot of fun. Like Paul Bettany's great, and he's always great, but but with her, I just felt a sense of happiness, and I think that reflected a lot of the energy that she was putting out on screen. What we want to do now is we're going to throw out the spoiler warning because now we need to talk about. The actual show. All right. So, what was your favorite part, Gabe? Oh God. Um, I think I think I liked the first episode the most. Um, I love that it was about like it just felt like Bewitched. I haven't seen a lot of Bewitched, but my mom used to like it, and it just felt a lot like Bewitched. And I love when when she was trying to like. Uh, make dinner and then that i don't know the the, the that sort of like indoor window opened up and she was like using her powers all around i mean i love those moments it had like an i love lucy yes vibe. exactly exactly I, I love that moment because i was like okay like this is what this is what this is going for i'm 100 percent in the the i love lucy vibe or the dick van dyke vibe you know really was awesome like oh my god honey we forgot something now the other thing that i love is that there are little spurts of the mcu in it the toaster oven is a stark toaster oven well, i didn't notice this the first time but but the watch is Strucker. hydra yeah Strucker yeah and hydra, yeah yeah i didn't notice it yeah mm -hmm. Strucker is the one that you know built her well made her and her brother yeah exactly and and and, and stark is the one that basically made vision right yeah so. exactly so it, and the the reason i brought up twin peaks earlier is you know twin peaks every episode gave you like a little bit and this show does the exact same thing in the first episode we see that one red dot on the toaster oven and then the second episode we see the red helicopter the sword logo on it are they gonna bring sword from nick fury is that what is that what they're talking about who knows you know i mean that's a a good opinion everybody on the internet is talking about what could this be what could this be because there's so many plot lines marvel could be pulling from with this this show is like built for rumors like it, it, the yeah. show 
it is built for that. I yeah, think. I mean, I mean, I think I think there's a line between rumors and and speculation, and you know, like I think rumors can just be like, oh, this actor is going to join this franchise, but speculation is more like, oh, I think this is what they're going to do with the source material, you know, and and and, yeah. and it's what's fun about it. And I think love him or hate him, but J.J. Abrams is the master of this, you know, just giving you enough to like fill it up with your own thoughts and just think about it. I think the show is going for that J.J. Abrams vibe, and I think it works. I, I I wouldn't change a thing. No, and, you know, at the end of each episode, we're getting just a little bit more of, like, what's going on, or at the end of the first episode, we see it back out, and it's like a TV set. That's where we see the, the sword logo. That's where we notice that it's somebody being watched. Is it Wanda being watched? Vision being watched? Right. Well, Vision's dead, so we'll have, right, we'll have to see, well, uh, right? So, you know, this is speculation. I was just, we'll call it speculation, rumors, whatever you want. The mill is circling on the internet. But Vision, you know, he's only sort of dead, right? Like, he, he had the Mind Stone pulled out, but someone on the internet was, like, joking that Vision's just a big USB stick. He just needs to be plugged in and rebooted, which could be something that could happen. You know, everybody's speculating. No, but, I mean, it, it was a big be. plot point. It was a big plot point that... Sure, he had to take like two hours or however long to take out all the circuits and stuff, you know. So, so the fact that Thanos just pulled it out, I don't know, just he seemed pretty dead to me. I mean, the, they could easily bring him back because Siri even said, like, "Why did you do it this way?" She, right. Like, so maybe she's the one rewiring him, or we saw at the end of um, Far From Home. You know, Nick Fury is on a ship with aliens. This is going to be a whole, a whole thing, and that's admittedly probably the the new sword base and sword shield, and so we'll see. So, was there anything that you didn't like on on the first two episodes? I didn't like it, uh, but I, I think the the humor mostly did not land as well for me. I I didn't laugh as much as I hoped. You know, I I watched other sitcoms and I laugh a lot more. But I think that's what they're going for because it feels like it's there are things that would have been funny in the 1950s, yeah. you know. And and I think I think humor just changes with, through the years, you know. Like like the best shows are still funny 20 years later, you know. Friends to me is still funny, uh, you know. But ma ma many shows are still funny many years after. But most things are just a product of their time, and they were funny when you watched them. And I think they're going for a 1950s humor so it's by definition not going to be as funny for an audience in 2020 so i wish i would have laughed more but I, it's not really a complaint more like a nitpick i think because of a lot of the stuff growing up i watched nick at night you watch a lot of i love lucy and dick van dyke they are purposefully making fun of those old shows so that if you've actually seen them then they're it's really funny like the twin bed thing in the se second episode where she like snaps her fingers and it becomes a king size bed. So there, there's a lot of like little things and that they're doing through the show. But as those plot points progress, that is the signaling that we're moving through time and that time doesn't really make sense. And because time doesn't make sense, that's how I, I've read a lot that this could be connected to the multiverse of madness. Like this is setting up for the next Doctor Strange movie. And because time is dr strange's thing i'm wondering if there's some sort of time dilation of course there is because she's in pregnant at the end of the second episode and everything becomes like technicolor the only thing that i didn't really like 
is that I'm not getting, I want more faster. Like that's my thing. Like I watched those first two episodes and they're what, like 20, 20 some minutes each runtime. Less than half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And those are like seven minutes of credits or something like that. It's ridiculous. And I don't, I don't understand. The only thing is, is like maybe, and this would not be shocking is Marvel is hiding something everywhere. Why are there seven minutes of credits? The only guess that I can come up with is that there is stuff hidden in the credits to like clue you towards where this is all actually going. Well, I always check the credits, like kind of like scroll through them. I don't watch seven minutes of them, but I think they're seven minutes because they give credit to all the people that translate the show in different languages. You know, so they have the people that that, that, that Spanish dub. And they do the French dub and whatever. I think that's what it is. I I, I mean, I, I didn't slowly go through it, but right after it ends, they have credits that are like uh, sort of like an animation kind of thing during the credits. And then they switch to to normal credits and then they switch to um, um, the to, to this dubbing people. Yeah, so I don't know if there's something hidden. Because the, the Mandalorian also had pretty long credits. Yeah, it did. What do you think... Uh, about the people, the haters, because there are definitely haters. I, I've even talked to people that are just like, I don't know if it's for me. I only got through the first 10 minutes. You have to be a, a pretty big comic book fan to to sit through these episodes that are kind of quirky and kind of strange without knowing the actual plot. Yeah, I mean, it's just to be, I think it's a fair criticism. Um, I think the people that have felt that way are totally justified because this show is not, this is not Ant-Man and the Wasp. You know, this is no Guardians of the Galaxy that even though, you know, the, the, those movies are somewhat different in, in concept and execution to something like uh, Iron Man or, you know, they, they, they're still they still feel like they're set in the same universe. Yeah. And this thing is just um, it's just a completely different thing. And I think I mean, what I thought is interesting is that the best thing that I can say about WandaVision, it's that it's original. And it's it's a new concept. It's just finding ways, different ways to use these characters, um, which is is just a complaint that I've heard a lot sometimes about the MCU from both sides. Like, oh, they always do the same thing, or oh, I want to see you know this thing again. So it's like it, it, it's people from both sides complaining, and here they're doing something entirely original uh, for for the genre. And also, you haven't seen an homage this way to sitcoms. I, I feel very comfortable with what I'm seeing. I, I like that they're trying something different, but I think the fact that the strongest thing it has going for it, which is its originality and new concept, is what's deterring some people. I don't know what the legacy of that is going to be. You know, if they wanted to do something weird with the 20,000 upcoming shows, is this going to deter them to, from doing that? Which is truly, it's a loss for the audience because doing new things, doing original things, I think, work pretty well to keep the genre alive yeah this this goes into a deeper conversation too that we've had before but what defines a genre so comic book movies are kind of their own genre now right like there's a very but within that genre of comic book movies there is like drama and there is action and comedy and you have things like thor that really bring out the comedy and then you have this which is it's comedic, but there are definitely serious undertones that you can tell are coming. Like, this is leading up to something. And I think that being able to merge those things and go to branch off of the standard, like, okay, there's a big bad guy. Okay, we all need to work really hard to come together to beat this one bad guy. I think that changing that is great. I hate that the Mandalorian does that because I think that 
the longer story arcs are so much better. And I don't know that having like one big bad guy that you lead up to every, uh, you know, two or three weeks is going to work either. I think that this way of like being campy, building something that we don't know of, it's almost like a, a mystery um, on top of or underneath the comedy, there is this mystery. So I think this show is, is multidimensional in so many ways grabs from all of these different shows. yeah i mean i think i i, I like the, the the idea too and i i like hear what you're saying i mean i think the mandalorian works with a monster of the week thing but I, I don't think it can work that way for for six seasons or something you know i think the mandalorian should end after season three that's what i would do um and and one vision i think you know the, the the upside is people like us because we're like you know 30 something year old nerds who want to see something different and we want to you know but yeah. I could totally see 12-year-old me being like, this is too weird. This is too boring. Where's the battle? You know? And I... I, I or 12-year-old yeah. that's never even seen any of these old sitcoms. Like, oh, you okay. Exactly. Like, exactly. You know, we watched these sitcoms growing up because they were on, like, Nick at Night or, like, our parents watched them or they were on reruns or something like that. Kids get rerun of show like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is considered old now and Saint right. Bell is considered old now. Those are shows that we grew up watching new episodes as they came out. So like the Office just, is considered old. The oh, Office. I, oh my god. <laughs> so you sit there and you think about that and a kid watching this, even a 15-year-old kid is not going to know most of these TV shows that they're referencing. But you also can tell that this is made this is not made for you can tell that it's pivoting towards an older crowd. There are a lot more suggestive themes in the show. And before we run out of time, I just want to run out the main plot point that we've got to so far is who's doing this to you, Wanda, the radio signal that comes through, which is very reminiscent of law, uh, referencing, like you said, J.J. Abrams. What do you think this is all about? Do you have any speculation? I mean, I think I think Wanda's mind was sort of taken over or something like that, and she's creating her own reality within what what somebody's doing to her. Right, because it seems like she has control over the, this universe. Because in the second episode, she sees that guy curling out of the, the beekeeper. Yeah, right. I thought it was Tim Blake Nelson for a minute. I thought it was Tim Blake Nelson from. Um, didn't he play the mole man? I guess Tim Blake uh, Nelson was in the MCU because he was an in Incredible Hulk, but I don't remember who he played. And then he was in Fantastic Four. So I don't know. I just thought it was Tim Blake Nelson. I don't know. But then she says no, and it just she has control over this reality. So I, I think, wise. yeah, yeah, right. So I think I think a part of it is that she, 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 somebody has her control, but she has control over what's happening. And eventually, you know, she'll. That, that's my speculation. Eventually, she'll want to do something about it or save her consciousness. Yeah, I mean, we kind of saw her have a, a bit of a mental breakdown at the end of Endgame. While she was, like, crushing Thanos, you could tell, like, she was losing her mind. Right. She, she's so struck with grief. That's why she literally just, like, was crushing Thanos like a tin can, you know? Like, it was nothing to her to just squash Thanos. Right. So, and we know that Thanos is one of the most powerful people in the universe. It, it's very interesting. And maybe maybe something broke. Who knows? I find it interesting that there, there is the reference to S.W.O.R.D. So maybe this is her being run through a simulation or maybe she finally just lost it and this is nick fury trying to to help her in some way like maybe this is like a therapy session this is what creates the 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 multiverse of madness wanda's yeah. mind right yeah and that's what we could see 
We'll see. I mean, I really, I'm excited. I think that we're going to at least have to do like five minutes to go through and just recap it. We don't have to go into like this in-depth thought unless it warrants it. But I think that this was a good little talk about WandaVision. I hope that everybody watches it. I think it's a great show. Just stick it out. I think that it's building to something better. But that's all speculation. Yeah, you'll find something that you like. It might take a few episodes, but I think you'll find, if you want the battles, you might get the battles, I think. You want the comedy, you already had it, you know? If you want other MCU people showing up, I'm sure other MCU people are going to show up. Um, Besides, I think Darcy from Thor is going to be in it, which I've always found her really funny. So you'll find something, you know, it might, people... People keep saying it's a slow burn. It take you know it takes a while to get going, and it's like, well, that's the intention. It's not, you know, it's not a filler Dragon Ball C episode between sagas. You know, it's it's not filler. It's a it's just it's the way they want to get to where they're going. It'll take a while, but it's still entertaining enough. Way 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 uh, very entertaining. You know, for for several weeks uh, to me. Yeah, and do we know if this is a limited series or are they gonna run it for multiple seasons? I was thinking the same. I'm not sure. I, I, I hope these are limited series so they do new things, you know, because I don't want to see the Falcon and the Winter Soldier season two. But I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think that these are bridges to these tentpole movies, or at least that's the general idea that I think that they're going. So we'll see if yeah. they actually extend it out. Agreed. All right. So this is our next story. All right, so I'm going. I, I'm currently going through uh, a book called "Fire Cannot Kill a Dragon," and it's written by a journalist called uh, James Hib- Hibbard from Entertainment Weekly. Uh, he was the guy with all the set visits to the to the Game of Thrones set, and he was the guy who wrote the recaps and the interviews, and he was like all over Game of Thrones. Um, and and he, he's a pretty good writer. You know, if you check out his pieces really very very good and he wrote a book called fire cannot kill a dragon um and and i'm i'm, I'm reading it now and it, it got me thinking a lot about the legacy of game of thrones and what what this show is gonna be because it just feels like um in some ways game of thrones was present in every aspect of pop culture you know we've had game of thrones we had a game of thrones burger at in and out you know, and we had we had a Game of Thrones bar in DC. Exactly, you know? exactly a bar, and and everybody was talking about it, and it's just everything. And and the book, I mean, the book is good. I mean, if you're interested, I think it's a good look at the behind the scenes. And I'm I'm still in season two right now, and you know, shooting the Battle of Blackwater. It's most it, it, Kibbert didn't write a lot. It's mostly interviews, so he just quotes like. You know what what Peter Dinklage said about this, and whoever said about this. It's, just, it's a bit of that. So if you're interested, I think it's good. I'm gonna finish it. It's a bit long, but but I'm I'm I always finish books, so I'm I'm gonna go through it. Um, but it it just seems like the, the place of Game of Thrones and pop culture is mostly gone. And I think this book came and went, and nobody's talking about it. I'm the first person that I've heard talking about it. So. The first question I want to go through it and get your thoughts on, John, is like, is it because of the ending? Uh, like, what do you think of the ending? Do you think the ending is what created this, like, pop culture void for Game of Thrones? I don't know if it's the ending. I We had touched on this, I think, last episode, but not having a follow-up series or or anything to really keep driving it into pop culture. We know that there is a follow-up series, House of Dragon, which I think is coming next year. I, I know that they 
have released like super teasers, which is basically like a, a logo. And some it, casting it, news, I think. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's very minor what we know about it. We know that it's set with, you know, that I think it might be when the Valerians first come to Westeros. I'm, I'm not positive. I think, I think, I think it's not when they first come. I think it's, it's based on the book Fire um, and Blood, uh, which is basically an encyclopedia uh, into the Targaryen. So I think it's just based it's on when, the when they were in power. They, when yeah. they were in power. Yeah, because okay. it's a long book. It's, it, the, long, the, the book you know, elaborates on how they conquered Westeros, but I think it's precisely about that. It's when they were in power. All the incest and all the insanity that the Targaryens had, I think it's you know, that era. So I I don't know I would I think I would rather actually see how they got into power but we'll see I mean the Targaryens are crazy and we do know like from flashbacks we know that from the show if they knew that they were going to do more right this was the biggest like you said this was probably one of the biggest like pop culture phenomenons in the past twenty years everybody talked about it everything was about Game of Thrones why didn't they at least say more is coming you know when I I've been watching the MCU again and the the end of the Spider Man movie. It's like Spider-Man will return in, you know, whatever. Or Captain Marvel will return in Endgame or whatever it says at the end of the movie. We didn't get that. So basically people had this ending of Game of Thrones that, I won't say most people, a large group of very vocal people definitely did not. And then instead of saying, oh, okay, well, we're working on more. And guess what? It's actually based on the book. It's That's where Game of Thrones, in my mind, went downhill was when... They stopped having the reference. So anyway, they've got they they can say it's based on a book. To be fair, I think I mean they had announced that a, that a spinoff was coming or a prequel, and they had like fifteen prequel series in the works. I don't know if you remember that, but they have yeah. several writers. They had they shot a pilot for a show that just yeah. didn't take off with Naomi Naomi Watts, and you know it was, yeah, it was never a different got era, up. right? It never got picked up. So I mean there was talk about what's coming from Game of Thrones, and I think to the credit of the MCU. You know, it's been a year and a half without MCU coming uh, uh, content, and now One Division comes out, and people are still like everybody's watching. Um, but Game of Thrones, I just, I think, I think it just it it got stuck in, and it it just it doesn't feel like people are thinking about Jon Snow anymore. And I think, and and and, and the show, to me, you know, and, and we'll get to this in the next question, but to me, the show kind of felt. What was frustrating about the ending, and I didn't love it as much as most people, but what was frustrating is that to me, it just felt like they could have easily done a season nine right after how it ended. Because it just ended with another guy taking power, uh, some people being bitter about it. It's still Westeros, so people are going to kill each other. So so the ending of Game of Thrones didn't really feel like an ending to me. It just felt like the conflict is endless and the ending, you know, it's just and the ending of another season. Um and, and the fact that nobody's speculating on that, nobody's talking about it, nobody's saying like, "What's going to happen to John?" Yeah, it just it just feels like people were fed up with Game of Thrones by the time it ended, and they don't want to think about it anymore. And this book, like, it has some behind the scenes stuff, you know. Um, so, so I mean, it's something just something to bring up that's in the book that surprised me was that when they were filming the first season. Uh, they were editing the episodes and they noticed that some of the episodes right in between the first season, like episodes four or five around there, were too short, were only like half an hour long. And they were like, oh shit, what are we going to do? So they just made up these scenes of dialogue of people talking 
uh, that ended up becoming a landmark of the series, you know, like like Littlefinger in the brothel talking to some prostitutes. Or or uh, uh, I remember there's a scene of uh, uh, Viserys uh, Targaryen in the in a hot tub with a prostitute just talking. Remember that scene? That oh, it just doesn't yeah. it doesn't really lead to much, but it it, bring, it gives you a lot on the characters, and that's how they came up with those scenes because they needed some filler, basically. So so it just the show became a thing, and then it just the ending kind of like sent it crumbling down. So, but what did you think about the ending as opposed to the rest of the show? What are, what are your thoughts on that one? So, like I said, all right. So when the books stopped, I, they had to take over and start writing with the idea of they knew how George R. R. Martin was going to end it, so they wanted to get to that ending. So from what I read, he basically told them, "This is the ending that I that I'm going to use." you get there on your own. Like, and I'll write right. my own books and really, you can tell that it drops off and you can also tell that it just speeds around the end of season six. So when you look at season seven and, and definitely the last season, season eight, right, is the show is super fast paced. It just, inst- it's like, okay, jump, 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 jump. And it was something that's what ruined the show. For me. It was like, okay, the show was a very like, you move from week to week, but the pacing was good. And then you get to these last two seasons and the pacing was just very hasty. And I know why the show, because the show blew up, the actors were getting paid a ton of money per episode. And you, and it's not like a sitcom where you have five characters. This show has dozens of leading characters that are all weaving in and out. And all of these people are getting paid. A ton. And then the special effects budget. To the point where I think season eight costs more than a lot of big budget movies. I think, I mean, to that point, I think the fact that the special effects were taking center stage kind of felt, it, it's a good, it's a good way to see how much the show evolved from season one to season eight. The, in the first season, they didn't even have the budget to film on location. So that's why everything looks better in season two on. Is more because of that. more the, what was the priority? It just feel like, it feels like the, the special effects on the battles took center stage in the last couple of seasons when they weren't doing that in the first few seasons for budget. Sure. But also, you know, even when they had the budget, like something like season, season four, where game of Thrones was already massive. They only had one battle, you know, and then, and then we saw season, uh, season seven, and eight, and there was like 20 battles, you know, it was, it was yeah. that, that was a priority and dragons and stuff. Well, and in the earlier seasons, you have them leading up to the battle and then they might show a little bit of the battle and then they cut away to what happened at the end of the battle. The other thing that I didn't really like was that Daenerys at the end just burned the entire city, she just loses her mind. And to me, that ruins the arc for her becoming a good person. But, I mean, I think that's clearly where George R. R. Martin is going. Because if this show had been about her becoming like, oh, she's the queen and took over Westeros and saved everybody, like that would have been that wouldn't have been George R. R. Martin's story. Like because he just doesn't write that, and he he doesn't do that. But I, I mean, I think again, I didn't hate it as much as most people. I think I like the spectacle. I like I like. The bullet points that you can see that they were going through, I, I would have liked them to see the different app. But I think my biggest frustration with this thing is how many things they set up in one way to have absolutely no payoff. Because by the end, they kept saying, oh, we're trying to make the world smaller because we're going to have a smaller conclusion. And it's, you know, so forget about Dorn, like fuck Dorn. And forget about, you know, the the the... 
the Lord of Light and forget about like all these things that were like, you know, it's just such a complex world. The first few seasons, like religion was a big thing. And then there was this like religious war. Like it, it just, I don't know if they made it see, for example, at the end of season, uh, is it season five when, uh, no, season six, when uh, Cersei destroys the, like did she kill yeah. all the the, uh, the 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 sparrows and all these religious fanatics? Yeah. Like, does she end the religious war in Westeros? Like, that's not how it works. Like, these people would get way more aggressive after you kill their leader, and they just abandoned that conflict. They were just like, yeah, that that's done. And it's all these like massive, expansive universe things, you know. It's all rush too. Yeah. Like that's that's what I'm talking about. The pacing, like anything that they wanted, and this goes exactly in what you're saying. Anything that they wanted to zip up, they zipped up really quick. Button up done. Yeah. Button up done. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, and it was only on what they determined that needed to be buttoned up, right? So you have this entire area over where Daenerys was, the free cities. What happens to the free? Nobody knows. Daenerys says, "Screw it," and just leaves. But she puts her boyfriend at the time in power of the free cities to rule for her. It just, they don't button up any of that. So basically, it only comes right back down to Westeros. And then that microcosm of the Game of Thrones, which maybe is what they're trying to tie up. But I honestly believe that's why George R. 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 Martin is having such a hard time writing these final two books, which he said are going to be like 750 pages each. Like... Yeah, or more. Yeah, like, like, like it's gonna be like the British Encyclopedia. Like it just, it, it, mm -hmm. it, I think, yeah, it's, it's, and, and not only did they focus on the Westeros conflict so much, they only focused on their favorite parts of it because they got rid of the Greyjoys early on. I guess, um, I guess they still had Euron be like the weird bad guy that nobody cared about, but they got rid of, of the people of Dorne. They got rid of, you know, so many other families. The Irons didn't end up mar mattering at all. And all these people that we've been introduced to, you know, the Seven Kingdoms, it, it was, in the end, it was just like Lannisters against uh, Targaryens and Starks, right? It, it, everything else was just gone. And there were Seven Kingdoms of people fighting for, for, for land and just power moves all the time. And they all of a sudden it was just like, yeah, it's only three of them that's left. And then in the end, you see them all sitting in a, in a tent, you know, and discussing who's going to take over the kingdom. It's like, no, these people, you've shown me that these people are not going to want to agree to anything. They all want power. There was a war of five kings in this thing, right? And all of a sudden that doesn't fucking matter because dragons. You could have had this thing go 10 seasons to try to end these conflicts and you wouldn't have been able it's just rushed like that at the end of the day that's what it really comes down to and you can tell that it's rushed the end are rushed you have this battle by the way th this is probably my most upsetting point before we keep going on you have this amazing battle that seven seasons which is the white walkers versus uh, you know the children of men and all that, right it's one episode and then it's basically over yeah it was not ideal i think uh, when they were hyping up for so much. And I think, I mean, this is something that I, I, I want to touch on a bit is uh, what is it about the last season that, that, that something that the, 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 the earlier seasons did that the later se seasons did not do is just like this big setup of the White Walkers. And they're, they're, like the first scene in the show are the White Walkers. It's setting up that conflict. But then ultimately, that's not how it ends. It's just something they need to get rid of mid-season. It's just, it's, it, again, it's frustrating because 
there was so it was much. a plot point that they had to have buttoned up. Yeah, but they didn't know how to do it, so they did it as quick as possible. Yeah, and and it feels like on rewatch, like if I ever rewatch the show, and I think this speaks to the legacy. If if we ever rewatch the show, you're gonna you're bound to be like, why am I watching this on several points? Like Melisandre, why was she there? Why was Melisandre important? Was she there only to tell Arya that she was gonna kill the the Night King? Like because Melisandre didn't do anything, and we spent hours with Melisandre, right? And she was just like, ooh, being like tricking people into. But what is this? It, it just. It, the, the early seasons, like again, this is my biggest problem. Emphasize the the enormous size of this world and the scope of this thing, only for the the final season to be about a dragon destroying a city. Yep, and then you you have a dragon; it destroys a city, and then what happens? Jon Snow in a five minute scene goes in and off Daenerys, and then everything that mystically is over. Like right. all conflicts are mystically over, and they're all just going to sit there and drink tea and. And like you can tell that there's some division between them, but that's it. Yeah, and and to that, I mean, not to turn this into a nitpicking session because I really, I back two years ago, I was I didn't even want to talk about this. I was just like, just fucking relax. Like people were too aggressive; they were insulting. People. Just fandom these days, you know. But um, just the way that they wrote the John and Daenerys relationship, it's just bad screenwriting because. Any screenwriter will tell you that two characters telling each other that they love each other does not make people convinced that they love each other. They have to have moments and chemistry. And you know, I don't think John ever told Egret that he loved her, but you you bought into that relationship because you saw them together and because you know, and and having John and Daenerys just tell each other, "I love you, I love you" all the time, that relationship never took off, and it was supposed to Once be again, the cornerstone. It's, it's rushed. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. another rushed thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. like what it's the end of season the end of season seven, they sleep together, I think. Yeah. And yeah. then by the end of season eight, he kills her. Right. Versus like that whole eager relationship was a much longer thing, right? Like it didn't they didn't just like meet and then start having sex. There and, and it was tragic. Things. It was tragic when she died in his arms. Because yeah. because she was just somebody that was like torn by love, you know? She was betrayed, and John had had his duty. There was like this feeling of knowing what's pulling these people apart and, and what's pulling them together too. That it just it, it was lost on some of the relationships in the later seasons. But uh, to, to move on, like, what do you think? Like, because George, you mentioned it before. George R. R. Martin, he's been working on on uh, the Winds of Winter, which is going to be sixth book for like what ten years now or something like that. So what do you think? you think like the reception to the show is going to affect how he ends the thing? Is he like thinking it over a lot more now that he knows like how people feel about his resolution to the conflict? What, what do you think is going to happen? This dude doesn't care what people think. He's not, he's not writing the books for the general public. And he's made that very, very clear. I know that and there's one uh, quote that I saw from him or for every time that you ask me, when the next book is coming out, I'll kill a star. Like <laughs> that's how little he cares. That was, it, a, that was a meme. Is it? Is that for a real quote? Yeah, that's like a legitimate thing. He was like joking <laughs> around, but he was like, it, "For every time you ask, I'm going to, I'm going to kill off a star." He's an interesting guy. He only does it for himself. These books were around for like 
20 years before it got picked up, right? Or something like that, like eight, 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't think so. But I also don't think that he gave them the, the real conclusion that he wanted. I think maybe that he gave them a conclusion that he was toying around with. But I also, you know, there are so many plot points that they just skipped in the show because they didn't have time for them. But they so did, cool. like they fucking did. Yeah, it's just did. like again another point from the uh, Fire Canocula Dragon book is that the uh, uh, David Benioff and DB Wise asked George R R Martin, like, "Hey, can we just cut Rickon from the show? Because what's up with Rickon? If you don't remember Rickon, he's the fifth Dark Child." And George R R Martin was like, "No, I have big plans for Rickon. In the show, he's just killed in the most." unceremonious way possible it's, he's just a plug point to make John ride towards uh, uh, the battle of the bastards the battle of the yeah. bastards without doing it right that's that's it you to tell us you set up a character you had him there for several seasons and then just for that uh, it also doesn't play into the fact that all of the Stark children are like special and can and in the book, or in the books, we see more of that. But in the show, it's just that they're works, right? And then, like, this brings you back to a lot of the plot, which is really annoying. Which is like, there was a wolf for a child, and like, there's a tie to them that just kind of gets dropped out eventually. Yeah, that's another thing I was thinking. Yes, the dire wolves. That was such a mystical moment of, you know, there were there were five dire wolves, or so they thought, but there was a sixth one, and you know, like all these things, like the dire wolves. But then they all just died. Except for Arya's, I guess, and John's, but it, it just, yeah, it just felt like there was this mystical value to the direwolves that was just never fully delved into. Um, but after this session of complaining, uh, do you think Game of Thrones is still among your favorite shows? Like, would you put it in your list? I I would put it on my list of shows you must watch. I don't know if I would put it on a list of my favorite shows, and that's because before season seven, I had like a ritual of season. Like, before the new season would come out, I would go back and watch the show all the way. And then, like, I got to season seven, and I was like, okay, this is six seasons, way too much. And then by season eight, you know, like, you're upset by season seven. I don't know if I would put it on my favorite shows. I definitely think if you're talking about TV in the past 20 years, it's a much a must-watch. I think it's definitely there. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's definitely a landmark of television. Um, that, that, I, it's I, like I Lost. It, it is like, like Lost, Lost, yes. But I think Lost, to me, I've rewatched Lost throughout. And I, I think Lost, to me, work, worked on rewatch. Uh, the ending, that's something I'd love to talk about eventually. Um, but I think lo- the ending of Lost was also underwhelming in many ways, probably because of similar reasons. They set up this massive universe, and in the end, it was all about people fighting you know, on, on a cliff. And, and and I think, you know, to that to that point, I, I do think it's one of my favorite shows. Like I, I I as opposed to other people, I still remember how happy Game of Thrones made me. You know, how many hours I spent loving these characters, obsessing over these characters and these plots, you know, like how uh, like upset I was after some things happened, you know. I, I loved reading about it, talking about it, and, and nothing's gonna take that from me. You know, that's in my memory. And yes, sure, I I I'm I am disappointed in some of the things that happened um but i choose not to hate it because i don't think it's it's enough to to, to be hated but i i um, my problem is as opposed to lost i think the ending the ending is so underwhelming 
that it just makes you think like, why am I going to bother to to watch 70 hours of this thing to get to this, you know? So if I rewatch Game of Thrones, I might just rewatch, okay, I'm going to rewatch the Battle of the Bastards. I'm going to rewatch the Battle of Blackwater. I'm going to rewatch the, the, the duel between the Mountain Men and the Red Viper. I, I would do no, that. I agree. I think that you can tell people to, to watch it and you can rewatch only parts of it, right? Like if you've never seen it before, yeah, go ahead, watch it all the way through. It's a great show. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to get super hooked on it. And then you're, you know, you'll likely look, I was super disappointed with Lost because when the show Lost first came out, I just remember the rumor that it's like, oh, everybody's dead. Like that was the speculation that everybody's dead and purgatory. And then you get like me into five seasons. Like literally this was it because there are so many things in Lost that are like hidden little things. So, you know, I don't tell people not to watch Lost because the ending was mediocre. I don't tell people not to watch this because for six seasons leading up to that, seventh and eighth, it's amazing. You can't put it down. It's one of those shows that when you're binge watching it, you're just like, oh my God, I have to watch more. Yeah. And credit to this show, I think, like what this show will forever have is that it got non-nerds to get into a nerdiest hell show. Yeah. You know, it, it just like grandmothers were obsessed with this thing, you know? Uh, everybody was talking about Game of Thrones. I mean, in my office, we had a, a Deadpool, you know, like who do you think is going <laughs> to die and when? You know, and, 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 and like, it was just, and it was sent by this attorney and she was like, she's super serious. And, you know, she's not usually like the, the, the let's do fun stuff kind of person, but she was into Game of Thrones. It was just, uh, making games about it, you know? Um, and I think it, it, nobody can take that from Game of Thrones. Um, but, but there's, there's still a feeling of, of, uh, of not being completely, uh, happy with it and I think there are underwhelming conclusions like like and mostly if you think about trilogies I don't know if you have this feeling John but usually trilogies the third movie is not as good so think not not all of them of course we have Lord of the Rings we have many but if you think Back to the Future if you think X-Men the original trilogy if you think um, what else uh, Terminator <laughs> like you know yeah Usually, like, the third movie is not as strong. The conclusion of the story is usually underwhelming. Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, before they did 20 more movies. But it was a trilogy originally, right? Um, the third one is weakest. Is the weakest one. Gabe, but, well, but I think any time anytime that you have something that's so beloved and it's been going on for so long, it's really hard to end. And especially ending on top is even harder the only show and i tell i i always bring this up the only show that i've ever seen be able to have a successful conclusion breaking bad breaking bad has a successful conclusion it had an amazing finale but it's the only show i've ever watched where i'm very satisfied right most of the time i'm only satisfied or like okay it was good or in the case of game of thrones or law i don't absolutely hate it but it could have been better. Yeah, I, it's very yeah. difficult. Yeah, no, it is. And, and mostly because most of these shows are stretched. So by the time you get to the later seasons, it just feels like it's not what it used to be. Like my favorite show probably ever, or one of my favorite shows ever is 24. Remember 24? Like I love that show. And 
by the time we got to the end, it was just same plot points recycled because 24 had a formula and they just kept repeating the formula like, oh, there's a mole in CTU and there's a terrorist doing this. And it just, it got up to a point they were just repeating the same thing. And I think many shows have that. Like uh, the, the, the later seasons just well, feel the weak. formula works, right? The like formula they think works. the formula works. But, but rarely does a formula work for so long. And I think Breaking Bad... I mean, full disclosure, I'm not the biggest fan of Breaking Bad. I watched it, the whole thing, but I was rarely invested. I just wanted to watch it so people wouldn't tell me about it anymore. Um, <laughs> I, I liked it, but I, I just, I would never, ever watch that thing again. Um, but the ending, I agree with you. It was it was, it was satisfying and it worked out. Um, it, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to put, put a pin on this, but it, it, I mean, it's just because they keep stretching them. And Game of Thrones was not to be stretched you know it, it was the show like it's based on books and we have this thing and but it, it ended up having the same problem as most shows um but but with all this with all this negatives about game of thrones do you, are you looking forward to house of the dragon the targaryen prequel or how do you feel about it i mean i'm definitely gonna watch it i'm, I'm i think i'll get more excited about it as it comes out i was really excited about it when game of thrones ended two years ago and this kind of goes all to wrap up my point is that HBO really missed an opportunity. If they would have given us a teaser trailer or maybe even had like one episode a year in to be able to release, they wouldn't have lost so much steam. And I just feel like because it's two years ago, and it, I mean, we're not even going to see this for what, another year, I think? Something like that. So since we're not even going to see this for another year, like it's going to be three years old. That's a long cycle to not have any information or any ramp up or anything like that. Do I think that it's going to have the entire fan base that Game of Thrones had? No way. And I think that if it is as good as Game of Thrones, I think that it's honestly going to take a, a season or two to be able to ramp up to that point where it has that fan base. And to be honest, I don't know if Warner Brothers is going to give it that much time because of how expensive these shows are to make. So I'm really hoping that it is really great and that they give it enough time to grow a fan base. Because after three years, they're going to have to grow a fan base again. You're not instantly going to get people to watch it. Like WandaVision, it relies on the fact, the fact that there's 10 years worth of fandom. And then we've just been dying to get something. And they've been releasing little bits and pieces. And they, you know, through Comic-Con and D23 and all these. So am I looking forward to it? Yes. Am I thinking? I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I am excited. I, I, um, I really do want to see it. I'm very, I'm very, I'm looking forward to it very much. Um, but I do have this feeling of, do I need more Game of Thrones? Um, and I think it kind of contradicts your point of, um, um, you know, this feeling like they, they took their time. It's just to me, the fact that they took their time might end up being good, I think, because we're just, it was just too much to me, like to have Game of Thrones be at the center of everybody's rants. And because of how popular it was, the rants not only came from Twitter fanboys, it came from, again, my mom. And, you know, a lot of people yeah. were just disappointed. And to me, it was draining. And I was just like, I didn't want to talk about Game of Thrones. So I wrote an article on my site. It was like, let's just stop hating Game of Thrones. Like it's, you know, the ending was disappointing, like sure, but let's just like fucking stop it. <laughs> and anyway, you know, that didn't happen. But uh, 
that's it for this week. I think we have gone on a rant way longer. It, it was more of a rant than I expected, John. I, I didn't think we would rant about Game of Thrones so much. Um, but, I mean, I had, we had to let it out, right? Um, yeah. It's been two years of build-up that we haven't talked about it. Right, so, right. Yeah. Um, and I'll let you know how the book turns out, you guys, uh, and you, John, if, if you're interested in reading a behind-the-scenes look, a 400-page behind-the-scenes look. Not for everybody, I'm sure. Um, but uh, that's it for this week. Uh, we had a lot of fun as usual. Um, thanks for joining us. We'll be talking, like John said, we'll be talking about WandaVision every week until it, uh, you know, ends. And then we have Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then we'll keep talking about all things movies. Everything that's big this week, we'll talk about this week uh, in this show. Um, I'm Gabe. You can find me at Film Opinionitis on social media and on filmopinionized.com and this is John. You can find him at Joe Firth, that's J-O-H-F-I-R-T-H on Twitter. Uh, and please subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Cinespection. Uh, keep listening because we'll keep talking and it'll be just as fun in the future. Thanks, John. Thanks, Gabe. This has been Cinespection. <laughs> <laughs>